I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, for the first time this season, the Rams looking to respond from a defeat. They are 3-1 and one going into Thursday night football in Seattle to continue NFC West play against the 2-2 two and two Seahawks. Good evening. I'm J.B. Long with DeMarco Farr, and uh, we talked a little bit last week about was this too much too soon? Was the praise being poured on a little bit thick, whether it's individually for Matthew Stafford, for the team collectively following the win over Tampa Bay? Maybe, maybe not, but DeMarco, now following that Arizona game, I don't think that's what it was. I don't think that was a team riding high in the saddle. I think the Cardinals played really well and present some unique problems. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I think there's something going on in Arizona. Uh, they're building. I, I read Kyler Murray's comments, uh, post-game comments about they believe in themselves. They believe they've got something special going. I remember the Rams talking about that a few years ago when Sean McVay got here. So, yeah, I mean, kudos to them. Tip your cap. Um, but I think the Rams can play better. I think that game got out of hand. I think they were bitten by the the turnover bug and you know, Arizona feasted on it, but I would like to see the real Rams show up against that Arizona squad to see who's really the better team. Real Rams in what sense? In what phase? Well, don't fumble. Uh, we talked about everything that we talked about the Rams were doing well up, up until that point. I think they did. They had pre-snap penalties. Uh, they, they fumbled the football. They, they turned it over. Uh, Kyler Murray scrambling out. That's one thing. We get that, but there were so many self-inflicted wounds that the Rams just couldn't get over. So they didn't play their best game offensively, defensively. They're still trying to figure some things out, especially with guys like Kyler Murray. So uh, I think the next time around, uh, hopefully we'll see the A game out of Matthew Stafford and the offense. And maybe, maybe we'll get to see, you know, a, a real battle of the best both of these teams have to offer. Before we dig too deep into the week four loss to Arizona, let's zoom out for a second. And I want your revised impression of Arizona, but also the NFC West at large. Are the current standings, which would be Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks, Niners, an accurate reflection or the most likely to be order of finish in the division wow. as you see it? Wow. Uh, you know, it's hard not to... Has the West found its water level? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, look, uh, I, I think Arizona played better than a lot of teams thought they would against the Rams, uh, especially defensively, you know, turning the Rams over a few times. Um, and Kyler Murray, to me, I think that was one of his better games, period, regardless of level. I mean, he was masterful in certain situations. It looks like you couldn't get within three feet of him, uh, you know, without something big happening for them. So, yeah, if he can continue to play like that, then that would be the order of finish in the NFC West. And I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. But we'll see if that lasts for the rest of the year, the way they played on game day. Remember, the Rams just came off beating Tampa Bay, the defending champs. So you're everybody's big game. You're everybody. You're Arizona's big game. Let's see if they can continue that level of play throughout the year. What about your level of concern on defense right now for the Rams after that performance? Wow. Well, um, another thing we talked about, and it wasn't just one spot, the right outside linebacker. You didn't have Justin Hollins. That's not the reason Kyler Murray got out. It was a full defensive effort. So, 
yeah, there's some concerns there, but I don't think you're going to see a quarterback like that every single week. And some of those plays, you had him hemmed in. The secondary was great. You you had tight coverage. He just bought too much time. And you give any quarterback that much time or any receiver that much time, they're going to find a dead spot in the in the, in the defense. So, yeah, I, I, I have some concerns because you couldn't defend Kyler Murray, but that doesn't make me think you can't defend anyone else in the National Football League. You know, he's playing at another level, and kudos to him and to Cliff Kingsbury for taking that step in year three. But it also looks like for the first time, Against the Arizona Cardinals, they've got the right personnel around him, and they're not trying to fit Kyler into the air raid. That offensive system was designed and built around Kyler. Like It looked different, both in terms of its structure and its execution, even though a lot of its principles and maybe its designs and route concepts were the same. Yeah, there, there was a play there. Gosh, it was one of their scoring drives. How many scoring drives did they had? I remember one time during the broadcast, you said it was like five consecutive scoring drives. So one of those drives where they were getting close to the red zone and it was a a read option where he put it into the belly and kept it and took two steps and slid because it wasn't there. Most young quarterbacks would try to do too much there, bubble it out, do what have you. But he's in such control of the offense that it's his now that he gets it. Okay. I tried it. It's dead. I'm not going to take a pop. We'll line up and beat you this way. So yeah, I'm with you. I I think he has found his groove within that offense. I think they've given him enough parts and we said this going into the game, AJ green is a difference maker. It balances everything out. You've got Hopkins on one side that draws a lot of attention. And then on the other side, you've got a giraffe running down the middle of the field that's tough. That's tough to defend. To answer your question, uh, after an opening punt, a three and out to begin the game, it was three consecutive touchdowns, another punt, and then a stretch of four more scoring drives. Three of those four were field goal scoring drives, but nonetheless, by that point, they had built the lead. They were in game control. So what is that? Seven out of eight possessions in the middle of that game, Sam, which uh, Arizona put points on the board, 37-20. Uh, was the final score. We'll dig a lot deeper into the matchup with the Seattle Seahawks still to come on this edition of Rams All Access. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long. And you uh, couldn't even rough the guy. I mean, if a, if a quarterback's going that well, I mean, it's like baseball pitching. If Barry Bonds is dialed in, you throw one at him. You couldn't even touch Kyler Murray, even if you wanted to get dirty. You know what I mean? They balanced out the equation, though. Matthew yeah. Stafford's second interception of the day was negated by a hit in the pocket against him in in the second half. Uh, But where I was going with that is the NFL has a funny way of once you have a weakness that's been exploited, giving you the same dose, the same test the following week to see if you can correct it. And what I saw in Kyler Murray in week four was kind of the pinnacle of Russell Wilson. Like when when Russell's at his best, when, when you take his escape ability and ability to deliver on and off platform and extend plays to the nth degree. That's the level. That was the plane that Kyler Murray was operating on. So you spin it around on a short week and who's waiting for you in the hallway? Russell. (laughs) In his house. After he did much of that very same thing as they kind of broke out of their funk in the second half of the game against the 49ers. And I think saved their season. I mean, it's too early for to say that conclusively, but if they were to lose three in a row and come home and face the Rams on Thursday Night Football, L.A. would have had a chance 
to put them out of their misery in October. Yeah, that's, I, not, that's not the scenario. No, I, I think I read this somewhere that it would have been his first three-game losing streak as a starter. Correct. Yeah, that's uh, of course he fought back and, and, and got. Instead, it's his 100th career win, fastest quarterback to get there. I'm not wow. big into quarterback wins, but yeah. that's emblematic of the run he's had oh, as a pro. He's going to be immortalized at some point. I, I'm confident in saying that. Uh, but moving forward, I mean, just think about this. We haven't really dug into that Seattle-San Francisco tape just yet, like extensively, but. I did read the Niners had 457 yards of offense and lost. I mean, okay, that you're unlucky. You turned the ball over. I think they turned it over twice. But on the other side of that, you're looking at Russell Wilson, a quarterback that beat the other offense when they were having a great day. So you're never out of reach of this guy finding a way to beat you on game day. Uh, Seattle and Russell Wilson offensively started with five straight three and outs at Levi wow. Stadium and then got it going from there. They may have found an answer at running back, depleted as that group is again in, in Alex Collins. Uh, but this is now not a desperate Seattle group, but a determined one that feels like they are a week away from maybe putting their season back on track, just like the Rams are trying to recover and get right before their mini-buy. I know this is bad. You lost, and you lost big at home. Uh, coming off the high that was beating Tampa Bay with all the celebrities, and then you have a letdown in L.A. But, I mean, look, this is a good week for this group, this L.A. group, to be going up to Seattle and play. I mean, they were smoking mad at the end of this game. This is a game that got away. This is a game where they felt like they were embarrassed, so next man up is going to feel it. Now, it just happens to be Russell Wilson, but... I'm sure Seattle is happy. They're back in the race, so to speak. You beat San Francisco, but I, I think you're going to be facing a, a pretty motivated group coming up to Seattle this week, coming out of Los Angeles, especially with Sean McVay. You know how much he loves losing. He loves losing, loves getting embarrassed. Yeah, that's going to be fun. So this week of practice, as short as it's going to be, is going to be very intense. So I would expect whatever A game the Rams have, we're going to see it on Thursday. As for the injury report, always something to monitor on these short weeks for Seattle. It's about four times as long as it is, thankfully, for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Daryl Henderson is still on there with his ribs, but he was able to finish and play well. Ran very efficiently in week four against the Cardinals. Taylor Rapp, Tyler Higby, Johnny Munt, all the uh, new additions, each would have been limited early in the week had they had a full practice. Of course, no one is able to practice fully uh, with only three days between games. So that's the state of the Rams as they prepare to go to the Pacific Northwest to continue NFC West play against the Seattle Seahawks. Still to come on this edition of Rams All Access, we will hear from Sean McVay next. Plus, we had a sit-down with Les Snead on Monday. We'll give you a snippet of that conversation as he surveys the division landscape from the quarterback perspective. What impression has Matthew Stafford made on him through four games? And what about what's coming down the pike now that Kyler Murray has evolved into the franchise quarterback that Arizona thought he could be. Russell Wilson continues to do his thing and is Trey Lance's time now potentially in San Francisco. We'll get into all that. Around the division has San Francisco desperate going to Arizona in the other division game this week and the latest on our playoff elimination contest. That's the lay of the land for this Thursday night football edition of Rams All Access. Glad you're with us on 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I think just overall execution. I think uh, getting a good tight plan together, making sure that there's clarity, understanding, and and playing with an edge that, uh, you know, we're excited about an opportunity to respond. And so that's what we're looking to do. You know, we'll, we'll, we won't allow one game to define us. It was not the outing that we wanted from anybody, myself included. But uh, fortunately, we've got a short week to be able to uh, dust ourselves off, get back up, and, and get ready to roll. Rams All Assets continues with DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. That was head coach Sean McVay uh, addressing the media following his first loss at the hands of the Arizona Cardinals. Fortunately for McVay and for the Rams, a short week to get that taste out of their mouths. They're going to the Pacific Northwest to take on the Seahawks. DeMarco, reaction to what you just heard from the head man? I agree with him 100%, especially the defensive side of the football. I mean, you know, this this is tape that you hate to see, and you've heard this before. We'll throw this one out and, and, and not look at it and move on to the next. But you can replay it in your mind. I mean, you, you could see these guys going past you. I mean, I'm looking at these third downs, thirds and 14s, third and 11, and they keep picking these up. 17 play drives for 70 yards. I mean, that's just getting dragged. Didn't they say something early about don't play with your food? That's what it kind of seemed like. It, they trapped the defense on the field, and they couldn't get off. So, yeah, you're bumped, you're bruised, you're embarrassed. The best thing about this week is it's short. You get back on the field on Thursday. So 100%, I agree with the coach. We'll go deep on some matchups to watch on Thursday Night Football Week 5 against the Seahawks a little bit later on in this episode of Rams All Access. But here we're going to talk some quarterbacks. And before we get uh, Les Steed's thoughts on Matthew Stafford, I want to get yours, DeMarco, because, you know, if we were going back four or five days, the last time we hosted this show, everything was great. Everything was gravy for Matthew Stafford. He was a two-time NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, this was billed as a MVP head-to-head between Stafford and Kyler Murray. And coming out of it, I think we know who the leader in that race is. And that's no knock on Stafford, though it wasn't his best game. He got outplayed by Kyler Murray. I, that's fair. Uh, 26 of 41. One touchdown, or two touchdowns, one pick. And I thought he did pretty you know, pretty good towards the end of the game, trying to keep them in it, trying to keep them competitive and scoring points, at least getting on the board. Um, I thought uh, it was significant that the Rams at least landed the last punch in the game and scored a touchdown. I mean, just to, hey, look, let them, let them know you were alive and kicking that they weren't going to quit. But yeah, uh, just he seemed a little bit off to me. From the start of the game, it just he seemed was pressured a bit, but he wasn't knocked around. He wasn't sacked. So what am I missing here? I don't know. I, I couldn't wait to get home to watch the film. It's, you know, from my vantage point, it seemed like, I mean, J.J. Watt was winning a few, but he was stepping through. I mean, Matthew Stapper was stepping into the pocket and finding dead spots. Uh, Chandler Jones, we didn't talk about that much. I thought they had a pretty good game against him, but it just seemed like when the ball left his hand, especially when he was going to Cooper Cup, it was just a little bit off. There was something there that wasn't there. And then the deep ball to Deshaun Jackson was underthrown and it was picked. So um, I don't want to say playing that way, you deserve to lose. But, I mean, I was surprised by some of the the passes that Matthew Stafford uh, threw that when they left his hand, that had no hope. So we hadn't seen that all the way up until game day. Quick follow-up on that. Yeah. If and when he misses Deshaun Jackson again. It better be an overthrow, right? Miss Long. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's there. That play, that route, you saw we broke it down right before we started the show. It's there. If you can overthrow it and throw the ball in front of Deshaun Jackson, he probably comes down with it. Even with that, Humphreys makes a great play to pick that pass off. So, 
it's there. It's probably six. Everything changes. Um, but yeah, just a few of these passes to Cooper Cup just seemed a little bit off. They didn't seem like they were in sync. Well, if you're telling me it's there and at 34 years of age, Deshaun is outrunning the arm of Matthew Stafford, I'm going to take that as a, as a champagne problem long-term. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> that there's reason to be optimistic that they can fine-tune that over the course of this 17-game season. Uh, no Sean McVay on the Coach McVay show this week. That would be Monday, uh, live every week Monday from the Rams facility in Cal Lutheran. Uh, Thousand Oaks, but DeMarco, we did have General Manager Les Snead as our guest, and we took a, a survey of the state of the NFC West quarterbacks, didn't we? We also talked about Matthew Stafford and uh, what impression he's made uh, with the Rams through four games, uh, preparing to make his first trip as a Ram to Seattle. But starting from the big picture, there's now a very real scenario where the Jimmy Garoppolo era is over in San Francisco, and you're looking at three viable dual-threat quarterbacks accounting for six of the 17 games you play each season. That's, a, that's an interesting concept because when you, when you add that dimension of, of being able to, to make plays right off schedule, uh, one of the better ways to do it right is, is right, there's got to be a, a – you, you got to have disciplined players, right? You can't, just, you, you can't just unleash it because all of a sudden there's a, uh, there's a lane for one of those guys to take advantage of and next thing you know, right, everything you plan for is now out the door. And it's it's a if you want to call it playground ball. And the playground means right if a coverage is designed to cover for two to three seconds, and all of a sudden the play gets to five seconds because uh, you know the the quarterbacks are mobile. They they can look downfield and and find open players. Now, if you if everybody drops back, guess what? Kyler Murray can take it for for 16 yards and kind of sidestep down there. So it, 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 it hey, there's an element of athleticism uh, to be able to, to contain those players. There's an element of, of discipline to be able to write, let's call it, hem them in, not allow them to get. Uh, I would say this, they're going to, they're going to, those players are going to, they're going to create unscheduled moments. Mm-hmm. You want to contain them. You want to keep keep those moments to as few as possible and then overcome those moments when they do happen. What's the first thing I said to you when I walked in? Third and 16. Third and 16, that's a win. And he scrambles and gets it. But anyway, every time I see you, especially doing these shows, I want to ask, like, what year are you in right now? Like, you have to prepare for the now, making this team good, but you also have to keep your foot into the future where this division's going. Like, this is where these guys are going to be, and this is where we need to meet them. Isn't that where you start with scouting? Definitely. Definitely start there. And I know know one of the reasons we – were intentional about bringing back Leonard Floyd was there was uh, an element last year of playing Russell, playing Kyler, even playing Dak early, right? He Because of his range, because of his length, because of his athleticism, his ability to change direction, right? All of a sudden, hey, it's one thing to get Kyler to go that way, but when he decides he's going the other way really quick, right, how do you counter that? Well, well someone like him can, hmm. can counter that because he can change – Maybe not as fast, maybe not as quick, but over the course of uh, and t- you know the the play and taking the right angle, you know he can keep the play from being really damaging. So uh, that's that's one example of let's call it team building when you're also looking a little bit okay, who's the enemy? Who you're playing right twice a year instead of once or once every four years? 
how about through a four-game sample size, impressions of your quarterback and what Matthew Stafford has done to impress you? I'm sure uh, I hate the word like what surprises you because obviously you did a thorough vetting before you made the move. But what do you maybe have more of a profound appreciation for having now worked with him in your own building? You know, that's a good question. There's, I would honestly say nothing's surprised me watching him. Mm-hmm. I think the. I think Chris Collinsworth articulated this. You, sometimes when you're in NFL, right, and you're not, you know, you're not on Sunday nights a lot. You're not on Monday nights and Monday nights a lot. So we all got to see Matt. If you played against him, maybe on that Thanksgiving day. But I think when you when you went and studied him and said, "Wow, that's a that's a really impressive." QB and it might be okay because you, it's not like seeing Aaron Rodgers and you. We see him six times a year on on prime time, right? And you can mm-hmm. you can get a better feel. But all of a sudden, you go back and study Matt and go, man, that that's that's a pretty impressive quarterback in terms of take this. Went to his pro day, heck, whenever whenever he came out. We I was in Atlanta then. We had drafted Matt Ryan the year before. We were not looking. Uh, for QB, but we're in Atlanta. Athens is right down the road. They had, a, they always have a pretty good subset of players at Georgia. I just know this: at that pro day, no doubt this guy can throw a football and throw it as good as as anyone. But I do think as we went and studied him last year, and then see him come to the Rams and and, and you know bring it to life was the experience, the savvy, the instincts, all of that, however that's getting mixed up in, in his in his mind, in his brain, in his ability to process football and bring it to life is, is what's really impressive. So it wasn't Stafford's best performance, certainly the uh, least highly rated of his four, but it was still a performance that I think you could win with if you manage your business in some other areas. Oh, I think if you don't have the fumble, if if – Sony Michelle doesn't put the ball on the ground there. I think it's a different ball game because the Rams are running the football consistently against the Cardinals defense. So if you can keep the score close or maintain the lead and grind them out, that's a completely different ball game. The only way to beat Kyler Murray and guys that are playing like that. And I remember when Russell Wilson was young and he was doing the same sort of stuff versus the Rams defense. The only way to stop him was to keep him on the bench. And I think the Rams actually had that on game day, running the football. They were controlling the line of scrimmage. If this was a rock'em, sock'em football game, I think the Rams win. But when you turn it over and you give them a short field and they keep scoring and you can't stop them, uh, you've got almost no chance. But, yeah, so uh, the next time around, hopefully the Rams will be, be- will be better on defense. They'll keep possession of the football. And then we'll see what Kyler Murray can do in constricted situations, not the entire quarter to just run around and make plays on your defense. Well, in a parallel universe, Stafford throws that deep post to Deshaun Jackson a little bit earlier, a little bit higher, a little bit more to the sideline, and he takes it in for a 10-0 lead instead of it being intercepted on a phenomenal play and taken the other way for a go-ahead touchdown for Arizona. Because if you're up 10-0, you can lean on that efficient running game, and Daryl Henderson might have a career day. Yeah, and and you flip time of possession or at least make it somewhat – even but yeah I mean it's it just got away from you and Kyler Murray just wasn't going to be stopped and by the way uh, not to harp on the officials I think I like that group because they let him play but man there were some tight defensive plays made by that secondary that could have gone either way especially on some third downs that were incomplete to cup 
I thought some of those were kind of close. You had a left hand on the guy. If it was the Rams' perspective, I'd be saying good call, ref. So I'm not speaking out of both sides of my mouth. But some of those third down passes the cup that were incomplete, or at least one or two, maybe could have gone a different direction. Maybe with a different officiating group. Speaking of down and distance, I don't want to dwell too much on this. It has been a topic of conversation this week. There were a couple of moments where McVay opted for three instead of going for it on fourth down. Put yourself in that locker room. Would you like to see your head coach be more aggressive on fourth down, knowing this roster that you have? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But he knows more about the team than we do. So I don't know what was going on in that particular moment, you know, on the sideline, what information he was getting. But absolutely, you're not going to beat a team like that that's playing that well offensively with field goals. You're just not. You're going to have to be more aggressive keep your foot down but it wasn't like Matthew Stafford was 100% throwing the football every time out there were some issues there so maybe he felt three points was the best possible outcome at that time but as a defensive player there's a school of thought where you know punting and playing defense is a sign of validation for how much your head coach trusts your unit true couldn't the same be said of being willing to fail on fourth down like, hey, if, if this doesn't go right for us, if we don't cash this in, it's okay, our defense has our back. Yeah, I mean, sometimes a field goal, I mean, it gives the other team a lift. I'm sure it did. I was watching them on the sidelines. When the Rams brought in Matt Gay, you should see their, their body language. Because they know three's not going to beat their Absolutely. Yeah. We got them to fold on that particular, particular drive. Well, we'll give them three points, you know? So, yeah, I mean, maybe next time you'll be more aggressive. But when you do, you got to make it. All right, Seattle's up next, and the Seahawks are coming off a 28-21 win over the San Francisco 49ers. They await the Rams on Thursday night football. We'll dig into some of the matchups to watch after this on 710 ESPN. All right, welcome back to Rams All Access to Marco Farr and J.B. Long. I don't know about you, but this is my favorite road trip of the year, consistently the one that I look forward to the most. Lumen Field, I guess it's called now, DeMarco. Yes. Pacific Northwest. I know it's a special region of the country for you personally. Um, and it, it always makes for a good game. No it, doubt. It always makes for a good game. Yeah, I mean, I love it. It's, it's a good place to play football, great environment. They're into it. It's a rivalry. Uh, it's, 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 it's football weather constantly up there. And plus, I went to school there. It's great. But, yeah, I just love the rivalry. It's another edition of you versus Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. Mm. It never gets old. Plus, never. There's a barista in the press box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for coffee lovers like us... Temperature's going to be in the low 50s, maybe high 40s for kickoff. See, that sounds perfect. See? Yeah. We might just pull an all-nighter. I See, I was I was wondering who was going to say, talk about coffee first. I'm glad you did, because uh, I was just about to. <laughs> 520 kickoff, we may have to taper uh, towards decaf as the, uh, no the way. goes on. Give me but the d- gas. You're, I'm more sensitive than, than you are. All right, pick a position group. Pick a phase of these Seattle Seahawks. Wow. They're very familiar in one regard, but also a bit transformed, a bit different in a few ways. The likes of having tight end Gerald Everett or Shane Waldron calling their plays, uh, for instance. But where would you like to start? Because uh, after three meetings last year, here comes the first with the Seahawks of 2021. Well, I'll start on offense, uh, and I'm looking at Tyler Lockett, DJ Metcalf. I mean, these guys are – or DK Metcalf. Uh, they're tough. And considering what just happened versus Arizona, when you have a two-headed monster and a quarterback that can get it there, you've got Hopkins on one side, A.J. Green. They torture the Rams secondary. Well, these guys can do the exact same thing to you, only deeper. Uh, DK Metcalf is a problem anywhere he catches the football. And I don't know why or how Tyler Lockett still gets behind defenses. Like, you don't know this guy can run by now? You know what I mean? Well, we just talked about the same element with Deshaun Jackson, didn't we? So True, <laughs> right, right. I mean, same stuff. So, I mean, 
and and you only have one Jalen Ramsey here. So yes. th- this is the first thing that jumps out is, oh boy, this is an issue. Wherever five is not, the other guy is in peril. So uh, that's always scary. And like you said, they found a way to run the football or a guy that can run the football. So it's a balanced attack. Uh, either way, with Russell Wilson, he can make it work with he can make it work without a running game. But just these receivers right now give me pause. Do you think Jalen Ramsey is living rent free in a few apartments up there in Seattle? Yeah, uh, I do. But uh, the rent's coming due. You know okay. what I mean? Uh, and it's not just the receiver. I mean, I just saw this firsthand uh, watching Jalen Ramsey lock up with uh, D. Hopkins in the red zone. I mean, just took him away. But. He didn't care because they went the opposite way with the ball and, were, and, were, and was making hay with it. So it's just whoever's not or wherever Jalen's not, the other corners or corners have to really step up, step their game up because that's where the ball's going. All right. So let's stay right there. I mean, Darius Williams made his name against Russell, Will- Russell, Russell Wilson, easy for me to say. Yeah. And the Seattle Seahawks last year, a couple of picks at SoFi Stadium, the defensive touchdown in the wild card. So I think you feel pretty good about where you are with those top two. Are you now questioning what's behind them after seeing what A.J. Green and the Cardinals did to your second? A little bit. I mean, David Long Jr. had a tough day, and, you know, you could tell that Kyler Murray was going after a guy. He was going after what was there. I mean, I'm not saying he's just picking on one guy, but when he needed to make a play, he was identifying where to go with the football. So what do you think Russell Wilson and Shane Waldron and the Seahawks are doing? The exact same thing. The exact same routes, everything that gave you problems, you're going to see again. Think about it. A.J. Green or D.K. Metcalf is basically a new A.J. Green a tall guy that can run, that runs pretty good routes that can wall you off. You know what I mean? So, And Russell Wilson is a guy that can manipulate you with his shoulders and throw a football where his guy can get it and you can't. So, you know, it's, it's going to come back around again. So it is really up to Raheem Morris, now that you know where they're going, to combat that. You got to be a little trickier in the second, in, in the back end, or get more pressure in the front end to get that quarterback on the ground because there's some issues behind you. Yeah, I mean, until maybe. And by the way, yeah. I wish that that Daryl uh, Williams that we or Darius Williams that we saw in Seattle. I wish that guy would show up this year. He has been quiet. Is it for lack of opportunity or? I couldn't tell you. Okay. I mean, but uh, the, the, if, when you watch it, I wouldn't say it's like night and day. But the guy last year seems to seems to play the game with a little more confidence than this guy so far. Quick word on how they're running the football, uh, just like we've seemingly spoke of every time these teams get together. Rashad Penny, not right. Uh, the former first-round draft pick from 2018. But Alex Collins, when uh, the Seahawks were having trouble getting some traction on the ground in San Francisco from Chris Carson, came alive, uh, rushing and receiving. He made a big difference in that game, so a couple of backs to look out for going to Seattle this week. How about up front? Because, you know, until a couple of three days ago, uh, given what I saw from Kyler Murray and the Cardinals' offensive line, I would have said the Rams are uniquely equipped to destroy um, all the good that a yeah. quarterback like Murray or Russell Wilson can do. I mean, the Rams have been the kryptonite of Wilson. He's had some good games against them, don't get me wrong. But by the time the Rams left Seattle following that wild card victory, it felt like Russell Wilson had been torn down a bit by Leonard Floyd, by Aaron Donald, by Sebastian Joseph Day and company. I, I thought the same thing you did. I was part of my pregame. I thought Aaron was going to tear this line apart and, you know, four tackles and a bunch of zeros. I mean... You know, it was tough. They had a pretty good plan. They were hell-bent on Aaron not ruining the ruining the day. Maybe it's a blueprint. We'll see when we get to Seattle. But same thing. I mean, maybe you don't think much about this offensive line, but uh, game day has a weird way of making you think something else. But 
Dwayne Brown is still one of the best left tackles in the game. Now, right end is going to be a problem for the Rams, but I think that was going to be a push either way. But up the middle, out at right tackle, it's still set up for guys like Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd to dominate the game, get pressure on Russell Wilson. Uh, But now we know that's only half the battle. Getting past your guy and and getting to the quarterback is one thing. Getting him on the ground is a whole other animal. All right, now let's take a look at Ken Norton's defense. And last week they held San Francisco to 2 of 14 on third down. They played some some dime looks with three safeties, including Ryan Neal, who played well in that package, got them off the field. That's the good. The not-so-good from Seattle's standpoint is they may be without Carlos Dunlap, one of their great edge rushers, who's dealing with turf toe, it sounds like, this week. And they're also still trying to figure it out at corner. They brought in Sidney Jones from Jacksonville, bench Trey Flowers in favor of him at the right corner position. The Rams, no matter what they put on display last week against the Cardinals, are not a team that you want to be unsettled in the secondary as you prepare to face. No, I just like with Arizona's defense, I think Arizona's defense, um, the beneficiary of taking the ball away, but I think the Rams did a great job on the ground. And I think they'll do a great job on the ground versus the Seahawks. I think you can, you'll have success running the football, which will open up play action, which will get you pretty much everything you want offensively. So, the, the problem is, to me, it comes back to what will this defense do against that offense up there. But I, I'm perfectly confident Matthew Stafford will bounce back. I'm perfectly confident that some of the problems they had with takeaways, with turnovers, I, I'm sure that won't happen. I thought the fact that after Sony Michelle fumbled, he was never heard from again during the game. That says a lot and how they feel about the football. So there'll be some bounce back, and I think the offense will bounce back. But to me, the game is, you know, what do you do against Russell Wilson, really? How do you stop him, and can you make sure to keep a lid on what he's doing? I feel like I'm aging as I see this Legion of Boom kind of peel off yeah. and come to an end. Remember when Todd Gurley ran roughshod through the Seahawks in 2017? It didn't clinch the NFC West, but it effectively Is put that the Rams in position to clinch the next week. At the 42 nothing game or a 42-7 game? Yeah, yeah, that was fun. So, I mean, it was winding down then, right? Yeah. Cam Chancellor first, and then Earl, and... Now you're looking at like no KJ Wright anymore. I, I think I know Bobby where you're going. Wagner, like, yeah. I mean, we're counting the years too. Yeah, but but it looks different with just Wagner kind of patrolling the middle of that defense. You know, he there was a little thing. He doesn't talk a lot, but he kind of set the record straight that the Legion of Boom actually included linebackers too. Yes. And I think he's proved it. He's the last guy there, and he is playing great football. And he's a guy that doesn't leave the field. You know, Tank Frank Clark's another one that probably deserves mention along the way. But guys like him, Tank's guys, linebackers that are built like Tank's aren't supposed to be three down guys. But you cannot take him off the field. He's he's that good. But like that being said, he is controllable. You can run the football and you can throw on him if you need to. If you get the right, if you get Higby on on Wagner one on one, I have every confidence in the world that Higby can get separation and you can get the ball to him. But if you get into one of those blood and gut games where it's just straight downhill, Bobby Wagner will knock your teeth out. One other question about the Seattle defense, and that is Jamal Adams is about oh. $70 million wealthier than the last time we saw him. Uh, he really impacted every game uh, that the Rams played against him last year. Uh, some in good ways and others in not so good ways. Uh, how do you view him differently now as the highest paid safety who's a guy who hugs the line of scrimmage? Oof. I think he's new breed. Um, I think Buda Baker and and Jamal Adams are kind of the same type safety linebacker guy that stacks in the box and 
you know, as, as tough as nails. He's going to sack you more than he's going to pick you. Sack you more than he's going to pick you. He, he, he backs up when he has to, and he plays credible safety, but I think his, his strength is stepping in there versus the run or bringing it on a blitz. I mean, kind of like Jalen Ramsey. I think there's more to his game than what we're seeing in Jalen Ramsey, but yeah, he, he's a guy that can wreck you. Kind of like uh, Chandler Jones. Uh, he may be quiet for a while, but the one play he makes is the, is the play that changes the entire game. So he's still a problem. Point him out on every single possession where he is just so everyone knows. You know, keep track of where he is. If he's anywhere different than where he needs to be, he's probably coming on a blitz. All right, so to come on Rams All Access, want to get to Marco's thoughts on San Francisco in danger of losing three in a row, going to 4-0 Arizona. Plus, will DeMarco make a pick in our playoff eliminator game this week? It's a short week. Has he organized his thoughts? Is he bringing his draft board to the table? We'll find out next on 710 ESPN. All right, Rams looking to get to 4-1 and one before their mini-buy. And DeMarco, if you look a little bit further into the schedule, I know we're not supposed to do this. I know 3-1 and one feels tough right now, but if you can beat Seattle, there's an opportunity to make some hay here between this mini-buy and your actual buy. I'm talking about a trip to the New York Giants. I'm talking about home games uh, along the way that include the Detroit Lions, winless as we speak, another Halloween trip to Houston. Like, win or lose, you're going to have the chance to get right, but four and one would feel sterling. Oh, no doubt. And I thought uh, when we talked in training camp, looking at the schedule, we thought three and one after the first four weeks would be great. But I think we'd flop that one. You know, maybe we thought it would be Tampa and you'd beat Arizona, but here you are three and one no matter what. But yeah, I mean, if you can go take care of business in Seattle, get the break, get re-energized and then set yourself up for a few home games. Absolutely. You'll be sitting pretty uh, in a couple of weeks. This will be, it'll be a memory just like when, uh, when Jameis Winston came to town and absolutely hammered you. Hmm. Uh, you got better from Not there. My favorite memory. Not your favorite, but they got better from there and it became a distant memory. So that's what I'm expecting out of this group now. All right. The Niners in a bit of a tailspin. They've lost a couple in a row. Those games have been at home. They've been to NSC competition, the Packers, now the Seahawks, now Jimmy Garoppolo's status is in question. Stop me if you've seen this movie before. <laughs> it's a calf this time around. The Niners also concerned about left tackle Trent Williams and his right shoulder. Kicker Robbie Gold has a groin injury. So this is, this is desperation time for Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers. Going to face an undefeated Arizona team, not just because they could fall below 500, but if they were to lose this game, that means the team they're chasing and that everyone's going to be chasing is now five up Arizona. Well, th- th- there's no way. I mean, based on what you saw, if Arizona can repeat uh, and, and duplicate what they did against the Rams, I don't think San Francisco's going to beat them. I really don't. I don't think anybody's got enough defense to defend Kyler Murray if he's going to play like that week in and week out. You, you've just got problems. But uh, when I look at San Francisco, at least offensively, no one's really stopped them. No one's really shut down that run game. I mean, they've been close in their two losses. Uh, those two losses could have easily been wins, and they'd be 4-0, and we'd be talking about them right now. So uh, just because they're 2-2 two and two does not mean they're done or this is a bad football team. This is still a, a defense that can get after you, and an offense, like if you're turning the ball over like the Rams did, can pound the daylights out of you and, and play keep away. And plus, oh, by the way, their quarterback is about to turn athletic to make it even worse. Oh, this is going to require Shanahan's best, no matter who he's playing at quarterback. But I'll tell you what, 
I, I'm a firm believer that he can do it. I mean, I've seen him put together some incredible game plans, including against the Arizona Cardinals. And I just thought of fact that this is a quasi-home game for them because they spent a good portion of last season playing in Glendale, if you'll remember. Yeah. There was that kind of head-to-head Arizona-San Francisco home game where they were both operating out of the same region during, uh, during the COVID days in yeah. Santa Clara County. So, all right. Uh, division games all around. Rams in Seattle, San Francisco and Arizona. Let's get to our playoff eliminator contest. It's heating up. DeMarco <laughs> has three teams in his portfolio. The Jets are one and three after upsetting Tennessee. So the Jets get their first win. How? Same. No, you wait. How? Same for the Giants, one and three. After shocking the Saints in their return to the Dome in New Orleans, Atlanta, one and three, falling to the Washington football team at home. So you've got three teams, each one and three. Jets, Giants, Falcons. I've got the 0-4 Lions, the team that I feel best about. I've got the 0-4 Jags, uh, really in the driver's seat there. The Colts are giving me pause. I jumped too early on the Colts. If I could return one to the bank, it would probably be the Colts. Although they're one and three, the potentially season-saving win at Miami was big. And now the AFC South is more open than I thought because of that Tennessee loss. Because of that Tennessee loss. I'm not as confident. But the Colts going to Baltimore, maybe I'll feel better if they're, if they're <laughs> one and four. I've also got one and three. Houston coming off a 40-burger in Buffalo. Ooh. So there's really only one that I'm That's at. a juicy burger. That is a juicy burger. <laughs> but you control the board, DeMarco. If you'll remember, wow. I got a little greedy. I, I grabbed my fourth team at the end of last week's show. You opted to, um, to stand pat and, and wait for another week of results to pour in. Now they have... Will you make a pick or will you maintain the Let me look at well? one thing first because I'm leaning towards sitting on my hands, standing pat. But let me look at Minnesota real quick mm-hmm. and what's coming down the road. Okay, they got Detroit next. Then they go to Carolina. Then they start with Dallas, Baltimore, and Chargers, Green Bay. You know what? I may actually – I'm thinking about picking up the Vikings here. Uh, I'm not the biggest Cousins fan. You know what I mean? I think he'll let you down more than he'll he'll bring you up. But I'm thinking about picking the Minnesota. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pick the Minnesota Vikings All to right. miss the playoffs. One and three Minnesota. So you can live with them being two and three. Because they're yes. hosting Detroit, and you could say, look, that's going to happen at some point in the schedule. I can live with that. But given where Green Bay is now, having stacked another win, you're saying I don't think Minnesota is necessarily going to be there come wild card time. Fair. That's okay. that's exactly where I'm going. I'm moving Minnesota into DeMarco's category. Remember the rules of this. I probably should have prefaced this conversation by reminding everyone of this game that we're playing. You can draft teams that you think are going to miss the playoffs. The more of those teams you have the better. Those are each worth a point. However, if you draft a team that finds its way into the postseason field, you are donezo. You are compensating feeling pretty good. opponents. I'm feeling pretty good about my teams here. Here's where I'm going. Uh-oh. I got my eye on one and three Miami. Having just lost to the Colts, I think they're in disarray. I think they're uncertain what they're doing offensively, and they're going to Tampa Bay next. Ooh. So I'm buying early, <laughs> and I'm thinking that Miami's going to one and four in a division where I don't think they can surprise and get an automatic bid, and I think the AFC is too deep for them to get a wild card. So I will take the Miami Dolphins. So your teams are, are who now? The Dolphins? Dolphins, you got the Texans, Col- Jags, Colts, and Lions. That's pretty good. I think... Uh- I think we're, we're, we're picking good teams here. Someone is going if to I upset could, this whole mean, thing. 
bad, <laughs> bad teams. Yes, this is fun. But yeah, um, I think we're all, we're, we're both doing pretty well here. That's it for this week? That's it for this week. All right, we'll let another weekend of results pour in. Week five begins with the Los Angeles Rams heading to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Give me a key for victory or two to Marco to wrap up this edition of Rams Hall. Wow, have we talked about this? Scrambling quarterbacks and Russell Wilson moving around? That's your key there. I mean, look, it, it, you, you've got to make him have one of the worst days of his life. It's got to be miserable up there for Russell Wilson. If not... Based on what he saw, he doesn't want to be usurped as the newest thing in this division by Kyler Murray. So expect the best out of Russell Wilson. Interesting angle. Yeah, so he's he wants to maintain that spot. So expect the best out of him. But if you can't get him on the ground, it's going to be tough to beat him. Beat him up there. You mentioned Sean McVay's temperament, his disposition following a loss, especially one that he feels like was an embarrassing one that kind of rested on his shoulders, like last Sunday against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. I think uh, like-minded would be Aaron Donald. I don't think those goose eggs you mentioned in his box score sit very well with him. I bet Aaron and Sean would play this as Wednesday night football if you, if you gave them the option. They'd play right now <laughs> if you gave them the option. No doubt. Yeah, you know, let's hope for some bounce back from everybody. Everybody needs to, be, to play better. Top to bottom, kicker to quarterback, everyone needs to play better to beat Seattle. It'll be cool, but it looks like it'll be dry, and you'll be high and dry with me, right? Maurice is in London with NFL Network this week, so yeah. you and I get to uh, share the booth. Absolutely. Again. I get to sit down and be warm. No, we stand. Oh, we're going to stand? Just okay, kidding. great. I'm just, just kidding. kidding. <laughs> I, I stand. You do as you please. I just... I can't yeah. sit still during an NFL I'm excited. Game, this so. will be good. You watch, though, as I age. I'll, <laughs> I'll shrink and I'll cave. You don't age. Come on now. For DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. Thank you for joining us for this Thursday night football preview edition of Rams All Access on 710 ESPN.